<laughs> you didn't know this, but behind the scenes, I'm not in my underwear. I promise you. I, I, got, shorts on. I got shorts on. But behind the scenes, I was getting ready, and I prepped everything, and then I forgot to plug in my my microphone. So we got that. Hey, I'm Matt with SoCincy. We're glad to have you here. We're glad that you could um, be with us and and joining us tonight. And so um, we're going to be in Romans chapter 9. And now that I think about it, I don't think I even set up. Man, I, <laughs> I was doing so good, too. I was doing so good. Like, I have been... Uh, I've just been I've been ready like I've and forgot to plug in the mic forgot to pull up this the browser but we should be good now so let's go ahead and jump into Romans chapter 9 we're gonna read through it and then I'm gonna give you some of my, my thoughts like I said man I've been working because the other night's stream just was not good not good so let's go ahead and jump into romans chapter 9 we're reading from the new living translation and uh oh i forgot to hit pause there here we go all right all right all right, all right. <clears throat> romans chapter 9 let me pull myself on screen a little bit there we go that works all right Romans chapter 9. With Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. My consciousness and the Holy Spirit confirm it. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters. I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. They are the people of Israel, chosen to be God's adopted children. God revealed his glory to them. He made covenants with them and gave them his law he gave them the privilege of worshiping him and receiving his wonderful promises abraham isaac and jacob are their ancestors and christ himself was an israelite as far as his human nature is concerned and he is god the one who rules over everything and is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. Well then, has God failed to fulfill his promise to Israel? No, for not all who were born into the nation of Israel are truly members of God's people. Being descendants of Abraham, Abraham doesn't make you make them truly Abraham's children. For the scriptures say Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Though Abraham had other children too, this means that Abraham's physical descendants are not necessarily children of God. Only the children of promise are considered to be Abraham's children. For God had promised, I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. This son was our ancestor Isaac when he married Rebekah. She gave birth to twins, but before they were born, before they had done anything good or bad, she received the message from God. This message shows that God chooses people according to his own purposes. He calls people, but not according to their good or bad works. She was told, your older son will serve your younger son. In the words of the scriptures, I love Jacob, but I rejected Esau. Are we saying then that God was unfair? Of course not. 
For God said to Moses, I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. So it is God who decides to show mercy. We can neither choose it nor work for it. For the scriptures say that God told Pharaoh, I have appointed you for the very purpose of displaying my power in you and to spread my fame throughout the earth. So you see, God chooses to show mercy to some, and he chooses to harden the hearts of others, so they refuse to listen. Well then, you might say, why does God blame people for not responding? Haven't they simply done what he makes them do? No, don't say that. Who are you, a mere human being, to argue with God? Should the thing that was created say to the one who created it, why have you made me like this? When a potter makes jars out of clay, doesn't he have a right to use the same lump of clay to make one jar for decoration and another to throw garbage into? In the same way, even though God has the right to show his anger and his power, he is very patient with those on whom he, his anger falls, who are destined for destruction. He does this to make the riches of his glory shine even brighter on those to whom he shows mercy, who were prepared in advance for glory. And we are among those whom he selected, both for the Jews and from the Gentiles. Concerning the Gentiles, God says in the prophecy of Hosea, those who were not my people, I will now call my people, and I will love those whom I did not love before. And then at the place where they were told, you are not my people, there they will be called children of the living God. And concerning Israel, Isaiah the prophet cried out, Though the people of Israel are as numerous as the sand of the seashore, only a remnant will be saved. For the Lord will carry out his sentence upon the earth quickly and with finality. And Isaiah said the same thing in another place. If the Lord of heaven's armies had not spared a few of our children, we would not have been wiped out like Sodom destroyed like Gomorrah. What does all this mean? Even though the Gentiles were not trying to follow God's standards, they were made right with God, and it was by faith that this took place. But the people of Israel who tried so hard to get right with God by keeping the law never succeeded. Why not? Because they were trying to get right with God by keeping the law instead of by trusting in him. They stumbled over the great rock in their path. God warned them of this in the scriptures when he said, I am placing a stone in Jerusalem that makes people stumble, a rock that makes them fall. But anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. And that is Romans Chapter 9. Now, a couple things that stuck out to me when I was reading through Romans 9. And so in this, it shows that that God has a sovereign choice in appointing individuals for specific purposes. So he did this through like the story of, of Jacob and Esau, revealing that God's decisions are beyond our understanding and they're rooted in his perfect plan. And we see this come to life in Romans, I believe, 9, 16 through 18. Yeah, here we go. So it says, so it is God who decides to show mercy. We can neither choose it nor work for it. For the scriptures say that God told Pharaoh, I have appointed you for the very purpose of displaying my power in you and to spread my fame throughout the earth. 
So you see, oh wait, no, that's not 16 through 18. Was that right here? Hold on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he talked about he talks about um Jacob and was it Jacob and Esau, I said. I believe it was Jacob and Esau. Yeah, I love Jacob, but I but I rejected Esau. But again, it it goes to show in sixteen, that's what I meant. In sixteen and eighteen is that um God had got like 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 when we think how could God do something, he's like he's like, You you cannot say this. Like I am beyond anything you can imagine. Like I don't know if I don't know if you ever watch like I mean I'm sure you if you're watching it, you probably watch TV shows. And so um the great the great stories that get told. Um I know like Game of for me, Game of Thrones was one. And like because you're so used to typical hero story with most television shows, like you know <clears throat> the good guys are gonna get out of like a jam. Like like you know it's like you know it's gonna happen. Like you're you're watching it and you're like, oh that's the good guy. Yeah, good guys gonna be fine. Like but you're there you know there's still a little bit of suspense. But what Game of Thrones did differently was that basically like at any given point anybody could could get it like it, like no one was no one in the first few seasons like no one was safe on that show and so you would say to yourself how could the writer of the story do this and the writer of the story is is beyond what we know it's beyond our wisdom and understanding but we know that god is good and it's essential to recognize the vastness of God's knowledge and wisdom. We approach this with humility. Is a humility is going to be the best way that you're going to be able to to start to grasp or understand the depths of his plan. If you simply just understand like I am but a mere human being. I I know that in uncertainty i know that in confusion i'm called to trust in your goodness i'm called to trust in your wisdom that is going to be the key to understanding god's knowledge and wisdom i'm i'm human i'm a mere mortal i trust in you okay now also in this in romans 9 is that Paul is addressing a a concern. And so this the concern is is God fair. And he answered this in verse 14. Are we saying then that God was unfair? Of course not. For God said to Moses, I will show mercy to anyone I choose and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. Isn't that crazy? Like I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. And God's decisions are based on his own divine purposes, that he extends mercy to whom he who, who he wants. And this highlights tension between God's justice 
and is unmerited mercy. You get you get you get that 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 pool. And so it can it can take to a place of of gratitude, it can take to a place of worship, understanding that God's choices are are then therefore not dependent on on our own performance. And it should free us from this sense of entitlement. If if God if God is, shows compassion, mercy to who He wants to, that should that should be able to free us from any type of like, why didn't I get this? I deserve this because of blah blah blah. I did this. I did that. You you don't have to do that anymore. You say, let it be in your will that I I get this compassion and mercy. I I said this in a in a prayer this morning as I was writing my prayer journal. I started keeping a prayer journal. And I said, I said, with the wrongs that I have to, to admit to, <laughs> let, let the person I'm admitting them to, let I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying like I'm not literally, I'm figuratively doing this. But I said, let them, let the the acceptance of my apology and, and their mercy be great. So that's, I mean, it's a little selfish, but hey, you're, I, I think you're allowed to be selfish in prayer. Unpopular opinion, but but I want to I want to say you're, you're allowed to be a will be a little selfish in prayer. You're, you're asking now now would God change your heart? Absolutely, but until then, stay selfish. <laughs> All right, and um, but anyways, um, when when we. When we see that that God is like I was saying, when we see that God is um, a person or a being who chooses His mercy and compassion, we we get to go to a place of sorry, little gassy. We get to go to a place of um, gratitude and worship, and and uh, we we understand that that God's Choice, like I said, we're we're understanding that God's choice is not dependent on our performance, and so it can it allows us to to approach Him with a heart of gratitude for His grace, uh, a heart of worship because of His mercies, because that's who He is, and so the the this this idea, the compassion, the mercy He He puts it on whoever, it should transform us. And our thoughts, our our actions, our thinking, our perspectives, um, so that we can see everything that is a blessing to us. And I I think that's perfect. And then lastly, um, I wanted to address this because this was big. What I read down here, excuse me, what I read down here in in, um, 21 and 22 is that the ones I want? No, 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 not twenty one, twenty two. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, it was twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let's read this again. When a potter makes jars out of clay, doesn't he have a right to use the same lump of clay to make one jar for decoration and another to throw garbage into? In the same way, even though God has the right to show His anger and His power, 
just like and I'm, this isn't in here, but just like he has the right to show to choose who he shows compassion, mercy to. It says even though God has the right to show his anger and his power, he's very patient with those on whom his anger falls, who are destined for destruction. That is a hard passage if you really think about it to swallow. Like the the thought, the those who are destined for destruction. He is very patient with those on whom his anger falls. That's that's hard. But it's also good because it says he is very patient with those on whom his anger falls. Now, I could be totally interpreting this wrong. I I I I acknowledge that. I acknowledge that. So please, in the comment section, if I'm wrong, kindly correct me. But these are my thoughts. Okay. I don't believe that God wants to send anybody to hell. I don't believe that. I think he's continually, as scriptures say, showing new mercies every day. I think he's continually um, being gracious. I think his his mercy and his love abounds to 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 work through any and all people. And this is not a universalist statement. But I think there is opportunities, maybe, oh, for people who are, are destined for to turn around. But then, but then I guess I, I guess I guess they they're not technically like it's 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 the idea around destined, right? Is it destined as in they are yes absolutely permanently going to to not be in heaven? Okay, that that's I don't think that's what I'm getting at. The destined are those that are on the path that are headed this way. Like, they still have opportunities even up until the last second of their breath to turn it around with their, with their dying breath. That's, I, I, that's, that's how I read it. I, I, don't, I don't, but I don't, again, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know God's mind. I don't know God's will for people. That's, that's just... When I read this, I don't read this as like I like my plane ticket is like like my plane ticket is how how do I word this? Um, my plane ticket is like because that's not really a good illustration to explain it. Like you're like you're on a bus going from from wherever to let's say New York City. Like at any moment you could pull on the rope of the bus. I don't know if buses have ropes. And this and and 
get off the bus and be, you know, a mile outside of New York City. Sorry, a mile outside New York City and experience not going to New York City. Not saying that that's destruction, but but that's that's kind of what I'm what I'm getting at. But yeah, so that it's just that that um, the destined for destruction. I would I would be curious, like if I was going to study this more in depth, uh, or if you're going to study, like what does that destined for destruction? What does that mean? Is that like these are people they have no chance at mercy and redemption and, and accepting Christ? Does or does that mean like these are people who they need to turn their life around and repent now? And that opportunity is afforded them. That's what I'm. That's what I'm essentially getting at. But one. But another. Um, another thing, real quick, is that. Um, lastly, I think God's sovereignty. Uh, his, his freedom. His ability to do kind of, like whatever he wants. I don't. I don't think that that stops us from having individual responsibility. Like we're still accountable for our actions. We're still accountable to show up in the in the mornings or in the afternoons or wherever you do it and and worship him and read scripture. Like we still have that responsibility to do those things. And so I think when you when you hear his about his mercy and his and his grace like ultimately we want to respond we want to uh recognize that god is ultimately in control he has entrusted us with the stewardship of our lives our faith shouldn't be passive it should be active it should be dynamic that propels us forward to walk with God. The the prayer should be that God, all I want to do is is focus on you today. Like that was my prayer this. That was also my prayer this morning. I should say, other than the other thing, my prayer also this morning was was help me to think like you, or or to to really reflect on and go after and and desire your thoughts, and so. Um, it was it was a cool prayer that I had this morning, and and so it's this active engagement with our faith because you're in this spiritual warfare atmosphere. You're you're in this place where Satan is going to do anything and everything to make sure that you don't worship God. He like we said on Friday's stream, Satan wants you to worship anything and everything. He doesn't care if you worship him or not. He just doesn't want you to worship God. And so that's where we're going to end tonight. Love you guys. If you enjoyed it, subscribe to the channel, like the video. We'll see you next time. I'm Matt with So Cincy. Give us a follow everywhere on social media, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, you name it. We love you. Have a good one. We'll see you.